Welcome wrestling fans to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us today for episode 8. I'm your host, representing the old school wrestling fan and your favorite barber, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. All right, guys, we have another great show planned for everyone today as we talk all things pro wrestling. We're going to be covering the King of the Ring tournament, the Queen's Crown tournament, Seth Rollins vs. Edge, CM Punk vs. Daniel Garcia, Ricky Starks vs. Brian Cage, a quick rundown of NXT this week, Moxley vs. Nick Gage, and Dark Side of the Ring. But first, drum roll, please, gentlemen. Our shirts are now available on ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com right now to get your double-sided T-shirt. We just want to say thank you very much to Pro Wrestling Tees to allowing us to be part of your website. It's so cool to be posted alongside all the other podcasts and wrestlers that we enjoy. And uh, it's just a very neat opportunity for us. So, guys, uh, to order a shirt, you would go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW fan. And the T-shirt's going to pop up right there. comes in plenty of sizes. Choose your fabric, V-neck, tank top, whatever you want. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just we're really excited to be a part of the site, and we've been waiting for this for a long time, so we wanted to make sure that we talked about it as soon as we started the show. All right, Andy, I'm going to pass it over to you. I'm going to have you start us off this week. We don't have any real AEW stuff to talk about this week uh, from as far as Dynamite goes, but we have some Rampage stuff, and we have some other things to go over. So, Andy, take us in and kind of guide the way for us. All right, so... Like you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we're going to be covering the King of the Ring Tournament and the Queen's Crown Tournament. Both of those tournaments uh, began this week on SmackDown. Now, we have all know of the King of the Ring Tournament in the past, but the Queen's Crown Tournament is brand new. So SmackDown had, uh, for both tournaments, they had two matches each, and this got them to the semifinals on their side. They had first match for the King of the Ring tournament was Rey Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. The winner was Sami Zayn. We, uh, for the Queen's Crown tournament, we had Zelina Vega versus Tony Storm. Our winner was Zelina Vega. Next, we had uh, the second match for the Queen's Crown tournament. It is Carmella versus Liv Morgan, and the winner was Carmella, which I just want to say I'm very surprised that it was not Liv Morgan. I really thought they were pushing her. Uh, at least a little bit. I know the fans, from what I've read online, uh, were, you know, pretty irritated that it wasn't her. She's been getting a lot of support from the fans. I remember watching it and the fans booing pretty loudly afterwards. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really didn't see that coming. Lastly, for SmackDown, in the sense of the King of the Ring tournament, we had Finn Balor which, versus Cesaro, which I thought was a really awesome match. In the end, was the winner was Finn Balor. So next week, it's looking like semifinals on the SmackDown side. You're going to have Sami Zayn versus Finn Balor and then Carmella versus Zelina Vega. make a prediction? Yeah, sure. Um, I will say, I mean, the way for the Queen's Crown Tournament for the SmackDown side, I'd say the way they are pushing Carmella right now with her new mask gimmick that she wears during the, mask and, or during the match and then takes it off, I'd say that she's probably going to beat Zelina Vega. I really hope and I think that Finn Balor is going to win. I think we we all talked about in our in our group chat is that it'd be, I know he goes by the prince, but it'd be cool to see him as the king or maybe just you know say there's no king, there's just the prince and the prince of the ring. So we'll have to see. What about you guys? Who do you guys see on the SmackDown side end? Yeah, I'm going with Carmella too because I think that they just push her because they think so highly of her. I don't know. I. I don't get it. <laughs> like, for Carmella, I'm not a huge fan of her. I'm actually a bigger fan of Selena, which I thought, uh, well, I think we were all kind of surprised that she re-signed with the re- when she was a free agent. or she No, she was released, right? Or cut, and then they brought her back. So I was surprised that she re-signed with them after that. But I like her better, but I know that she's not going to win because... WD loves pushing heels and making stars out of heels instead of baby faces. But on the other side, I feel like Finn Balor is going to win because they, that's kind of like consolation of him doing the job to Roman in the main event as the demon as well. 
So then they're kind of like his music in the main event. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they don't do any more of that. They realize it's a bad idea, but I don't know. Yeah, Finn Balor for me because I think that's the trade off for him. Yeah, uh, like you, Jeremy. I think Carmella will win. I mean, that just seems to be, you know, the the powers that be. You know, they they really like Carmella. I mean, she's almost always featured in some capacity. I mean, not always in a high profile scenario. But she's on on the show a lot of the time, and like even at um you know before Becky came out, they used her as that as that heater spot to get the crowd uh, excited. So, yeah, I think I think Carmella's gonna win, and then I definitely, but I do like you guys said. I think on the other side they'll they'll give Balor uh, the crown for this, and. I guess my thing is, though, what do you think goes on with Sami Zayn from here? I mean, his character's had so much change, ups and downs. He's great on the mic. I mean, he is a great worker. Anybody who watches stuff uh, in Ring of Honor, El Generico, and then even NXT stuff. and But he's added so many layers to his character, especially with the interviews, and he has so much personality. Where do you guys see Sami Zayn going from here? I mean, do you think... There's a possibility of a maybe he was the AEW one day. Do you think he's gonna stay a WWE guy and maybe become more of a manager role? Like where do you, where do you see Sami Zayn going from here? Just just curious what your guys' thoughts are. I think he's a very talented individual. Well, first I want to point out about this tournament is that the the finals take place uh, for both of them at Crown Jewel. So both Sami's not you know, winning we, that. We, he doesn't, yes. he doesn't go there. <laughs> so b- both of these tournaments are taking place at Crown Jewel on the same night. But the winner of Sami Zayn and Finn Balor still has to wrestle the winner of the semifinals from Raw, as well as Carmella and Zelina Vega to the winners of the semifinals on, on Raw as well. Now, when it comes to Sami Zayn and his future, I really like Sami Zayn. Uh <laughs> I, I kind of laugh about his whole conspiracy gimmick. I, I think it's really funny. I, I remember Roman Reigns actually tr- tweeted recently that, you know, anytime you can have Sami Zayn on TV is just gold, basically, which is really surprising, you know, to hear that from him. But I feel like he's the kind of guy that would do a lot better in AEW. But I also feel like he... I mean, I don't know him personally, so I can't really say, but I feel like he would probably want to go there, especially if his buddy Kevin Owens is kind of eyeing it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to see El Generico, you know, in AEW, or maybe he just goes. They're not the same person. Or maybe he couldn't go. As, yeah, that's right. But I don't I don't know if, you know, WWE has a trademark on the same Zayn name or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, how about you guys? Well, I'm a huge fan of him, too. And I like I love his in ring style. Uh, it's very fast paced, and also like I didn't know he was such a good uh, like character. I guess you would say, uh, or gimmick, because uh, each one he's been in from when he started were like in NXT when he was that underdog type, and that pop that he got when he finally won the NXT title was huge. And it was like even me at home watching, I was like that's like one of the very few times when I got very excited for uh, NXT early on at least. Um, and then he transitioned to the main roster, and, like, uh, they turn him into, like, all his different weird gimmicks, I think, but he, he made it work, so that's, like, why I think if he goes outside to AEW, then I think that really fits him, because that's so much more freedom, and then he can develop any character, basically, he wants, and I, he, I think he can really get anything over, really. This is definitely my favorite, uh, version of him. Yeah, that I've I've seen on WWE TV. So, yeah. how about you, Tim? I think he's one of those guys where really he could go either way. You know, he might not be at the point where he's all he wants to do is do a Dave Meltzer five star match. You know, like he might be okay with like doing character work and not taking bumps all the time and abusing his body. I mean, we don't know. Like you said, Andy, we don't know him, and we are not. <clears throat> You know, I just want to make it clear because we have a lot of new listeners. In no way do any of us on the show like have contact with any of these guys. We just give our opinions on like what we think as fans. That's all we're saying. 
So, I mean, in my opinion, I think he would be good either way. If he wanted to go to AEW, he's talented enough and creative enough to do whatever he wants. But he's also another guy, kind of like I was talking about Carmella. Sammy might not be in the, you know, top spot, but I feel like he's always featured in something. Like, I feel like Sammy Zayn's almost always doing something, you know, like he's involved somehow. And yeah, yeah, whether it's backstage or, you know, he's always and I popping think he, up somewhere. And I think he could be a great, um, great heel manager, like a real one, you know, a manager that takes bumps and not not just like a guy that like walks down with you. Like, I think he could talk for somebody and really help them and get to another level if he ever wanted to go that route. I mean, right now. Well, hey, you know, he's uh, he's getting into Dominic Mysterio's head well, lately. <laughs> and so trying to tear him away from that and giving him Just advice. Just one more so thing about know. him. Who would have thought, you know, and there, I'm sure there's some people that used to watch Old Ring of Honor that will understand what I'm saying. Who would have thought under the mask of a guy, the character was literally, if you guys aren't familiar, the character was a generic luchador. And he didn't talk. So... Now, you know, underneath all that was this guy who, like, is, like, doing almost huge acting almost sometimes. It's like, man, all that was underneath there? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you got a guy playing a character who, like, never shuts up and is, like, (laughs) on a hundred, like, all the time. Yeah, the exact opposite of what he was. (laughs) I did. That's funny. I didn't know he, like, didn't talk at all. He feuded with Kevin Steen. That was a big thing. There might have been some dialogue in that. I can't remember. It's been over ten years, but I... I mean, nothing like this. Like, not even in the same realm. I mean, you didn't see his face. You didn't know what he looked like, first of all. Yeah. Moving on, um, I believe this was... This was how the show ended. With uh, Seth Rollins had a segment in the ring. And I believe the Titantron showed Edge getting out of a car and just walking from the backstage through the through the curtain onto the ramp edge comes out he attacks rollins obviously it's it's from repercussions from him invading his house last week edge then once once rollins runs away after they fight for a little bit on the outside rollins at the top of the ramp edge grabs a mic you know says he's like you me hell in a cell i'm pretty sure that's that's happening at crown jewel this match in particular, though, I'm really excited for. I can't tell you the last time I saw Edge in a Hell in a Cell, for one. But I remember I always enjoyed them. You know, I, I thought they were very, very good. Rollins, I think, needs a, needs a redo on a Hell in a Cell match from his match with uh, Bray Wyatt. So Don't bring that up to I'm, him. I, <laughs> so I'm... Uh, I'm looking forward to this match. I like this feud, but I'm also hoping it's the end of the feud. This will be their third match, I believe, since SummerSlam. They had the one at Madison Square Garden after, and this will be their third one. So I'm hoping this this wraps it up. I think a Hell in a Cell is a good way to wrap it up. But, yeah, what do you guys think about the stipulation add to their match? What do you think about, you know, the feud in, in general? Yeah, I, I agree. I was, I'm excited for this third match, which usually for WWE standards, it's once they get through to the third match, I'm really just over the feud already. But Edge and Rollins are both such great uh, workers as well in the ring, and Edge can make any match feel really special. And Rollins, I think he's really coming into his own as this, what do they call it, a drip god? Is that his character now? Drip god. I don't know if it's A-W-D. Yeah. <laughs> but it, he, has, he has it written on his, like, his uh, collar I know, now. I know yeah. it's the point, but the laugh is just awful. Oh, ah, yeah. Ah, I mean, ah. I know that's the point, but good lord. Right, yeah, and it's his music is fits so well too. Is that it's like actually pretty good. Like I kind of like it, but then you hear him talk out af- like afterwards, and I'm just like, oh my god, never mind. Like you hate him so does much. Does that little sp- does that little spin and dance? Yeah, <laughs> flaunting his jacket and stuff. Yeah, I mean he does it perfectly. Yeah, I mean, but so for the match itself though, I'm yeah, I'm excited because yeah, I don't remember when last time Edge was in that kind of match and thinking back when he used to wrestle full-time and do all his crazy matches, uh, I kind of can't wait to see what he does for this one. I just get nervous for Edge nowadays. I know. Anyone so, who comes back so like see, 
I'm just like, yeah, I could, you got to put your body and neck throughout a cell. Yeah. Really? But we'll see. Yeah, I have a list of guys who anytime they do physical stuff, it weirds me out. Sting, Christian, Edge. Yeah. Uh, gosh, there's Daniel Bryan. There's there's a whole list. That, but I don't ever seem concerned about Punk. Because he left because he was more beat up and mentally beat up. He didn't have and, – and the staph infection. His wasn't like a broken yeah. neck or – concussion i mean he's had it was a broken heart (laughs) yeah a little bit he also doesn't wrestle that kind of style either yeah it's physical but man some of that stuff is those guys are crazy um but so i think that rollins and edge have had a good feud the first match was okay the second one i really liked it was a really really good good. that was a good good match and this one, I'm looking forward to being the big blow-off in the cage, Hell in the Cell. Uh, this is how you do it. You know, this is old-school wrestling 101. The third match is the big blow-off in the cage. And this isn't a traditional cage match. And I'm going to be honest, WWE cage matches where you escape the cage are stupid anyway. Like, that's the worst stipulation ever. But <laughs> they just added a door. Well, you know, no yeah. one gets pinned or loses. You run away. So, I don't know. Anyway, but... So they're going to have this big blow off in the cage. I, I I really wish that these guys could get some color, you know, get a little juice, get a little blood, but I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. But these are the type of things where I'm like, man, it would add such a good layer of violence to the to the match if they were still allowed to do that type of thing. Who do you guys think goes over and finishes out the feud? They're one for one uh, right now. Edge. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Edge too. Because he already, t- I mean, I kinda, he took that L I feel already. Like, yeah, but I know WWE loves to do those swerves just because they're the swerves. Swerve, bro. <laughs> See, my question is, if Edge goes over, where does Rollins go from there? Because yeah. Rollins is trying to insert himself back into the title picture. If you remember, that was the whole reason why he attacked Edge pre-SummerSlam and uh, made him lose his match at Money in the Bank. So I feel like if, if Rollins – I mean, I, w- I want Edge to win, but if Rollins wins, it gives him incentive to get into the title picture again. So yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to see what the Prince the prince wants going <laughs> when they're in crown – when they're in uh, well, <laughs> overseas. Well also, so. if he's trying to be in the title picture, and right now it's Reigns who's a heel, I don't think they would do Rollins right now. So it would be Edge going over. True. I didn't think about that. Good point. Unless they have Brock winning, but I highly doubt that. <laughs> God, you know what's funny about Reigns is, uh, you know, his whole run. It was not supposed to be this long. Yeah. Originally, from and I've read it a long time ago, and I, I guess the character really got over uh, his whole uh, him being heel and the tribal t- chief stuff. I mean, we've all talked about. It. We all love it. So, yeah. which is kind of funny because s- before that. He was supposed to win the title earlier from Brock at Wrestle. I forget which WrestleMania it was, and they decided against it because everyone was still booing him. And now he's holding yeah, on to the title, pushing him hard. Yeah. Well, I think I think I I read that uh, Brock is taking time off again after Crown Jewel, so it wouldn't That's make sense. Though. The <laughs> yeah. So, no, he'll come back for for the big moments, but. Uh, yeah. You guys want to move on to Rampage? Yeah, and before we do, since we are switching from talking from a WWE show to an AEW show, I think that I just want to, like, talk about on the show just for a second that the stuff with the online rivalry that's not even... It's, like, not even, like, fun anymore. Like, people are starting to take this AEW versus WWE thing, like, very seriously and saying just a lot of weird stuff, telling wrestlers that they hope that they die. And I just hope that if there's anybody listening to this show that takes this type of thing that seriously, guys, we're having fun. Like, this is a this is professional wrestling. We're having fun. Like, this, is, this is not something to wish harmful things upon people or wish that their livelihood gets taken away none of that stuff and we support both companies we like wwe and we like aew i've been a wwe fan since i was a little kid i'm not gonna just you know 
trash and bury the product and never watch it again because it's not my favorite thing right now. But I just think that we should all, you know, I don't want to get too corny here, but I think we all should treat each other with a little bit more respect. I think some of the stuff that I see on Twitter, wrestling Twitter sometimes is the worst. Uh, It's unfortunate, the stuff that you see. So let's just, let's try to all be a little nicer to each other. If you like both, like the three of us do, awesome. If you feel that loyal to one where you don't want to watch the other, that's cool. But, you know, we don't need to say things to people that are hurtful and and cruel so i just wanted to say that because uh, i just see it a lot and it's on both sides it's not one company's fan base more than the other it's definitely on both there's extreme fans on both sides but just remember guys this is professional at wrestling we're having fun and uh let's let's just not take this to a place where it doesn't need to be all right with that being said let's get more positive because that's what we're all about we like being positive wrestling fans on this show andy why don't you get us into rampage man take us through so rampage uh didn't open with the match the match uh the opening match came after uh an inter- interview with mark henry uh interviewing daniel garcia with 2.0 and cm punk but that instantly led into CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia. The winner was CM Punk. But I just want to talk about this match. Um, I, th- I think Daniel Garcia, for one, is you know another guy that's going to be the future of pro wrestling. He's really young, but the big takeaway that I got from this is that CM Punk, you know, th- this guy is not. He's not even on the popular end of like you know Hobbs or Darby. And it, I just find it really cool that he's he's giving back to the business in this way. Um, and maybe when they can see, you know, when the audience can see what these other guys can really do when you put him with a talent like CM Punk, uh, I think that goes a long way. And it's, it's just really cool to see. And I think the fans probably appreciate that too. So, But I thought the match was good also as a whole. Um, it's all we've said before. It's always fun to see Punk in the ring. He even talks about, you know, is this ever gonna, you know, the excitement go away? But for now, I'm enjoying it. But yeah, I didn't know what your guys' thoughts on it were. I like how each match Punk kind of wrestles a different style, or at least it feels that way. Just because this match is like he kind of built it around a body slam, which is insane in, in AEW at least. He brought the tights back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I started laughing when he came out in those. He brought the long boys back, and then Jericho on commentary said, Punk has his long boys on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, the Punk just makes simple moves like a, a body slam. I kind of feel like a big moment in the match, which is great storytelling just because you see the young bucks or anyone else, which is the matches I love to watch too. But... Punk just makes simple moves feel so much so important, and then of course, what he do? Did he do that um, springboard clothesline in that match? Because that kind of seemed like he doesn't have that uh, height anymore when he jumps, and kind of just goes straight into them, which still looks fine. But it's just you can tell that he's you know 42 years old now doing it. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember if he did in that match. I know he did an elbow drop off the top though. Is he? It, th- it might have been the I, I knew that. match then. I like how each guy who's in the ring with him afterwards is like every time you see them after uh, they wrestle CM Punk, it's like you know this person now because of that. And it's like he's been in the ring with CM Punk, and so you can see the differences that they're making, and it's just crazy to see like the evolution of a person wrestling. It's all making stars, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's real. I mean, look, I like that CM Punk has taken made this his mission basically to work with these younger guys and give them experience and he has referenced him working with eddie guerrero eddie guerrero a ton which maybe in some ways he's kind of recreating that except this time he's the veteran and he's teaching the younger guy i thought the match was really good um i I think again with the wrestling twitter stuff people saying that you know, punk is boring or punk can't wrestle. I, I don't know what re- what matches you guys are watching. I thought he did an excellent job. This was another good one. I'll just leave it at this. I thought 
the the punk match was really good and i think it's cool that he's giving opportunities to younger guys and helping them build confidence in the ring and teaching them i mean that's awesome daniel bryan says or brian danielson said he's not interested in doing it he wants to do there he wants to go there to have killer matches which so does punk but he seems like he also is doing this more teacher coach role no i feel i feel like what you said i feel like brian from afar had just been watching like would been good to get in the ring with some of these guys and he's been since aw you know came about uh has been just picturing all the matches that he could have you know and it's finally you know able to come to fruition it's it's funny though because i think i saw an interview with brian danson and he was like i had to be different than punk because he watched punk's debut and watched what he said and he was like, that's a lot of the things that I was feeling or he wanted to do. So he's like, I got to be different now. He's like, I don't want to come in here and help the young talent. He's like, I want to kick their heads in now. <laughs> you know, it's something different than what Punk is saying that he wants to help people. Right. So I wanted to jump over to the main event. Uh, AEW was in Philadelphia that night. And so the main event was Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage for the F. TW title in a Philly street fight. The winner was Ricky Starks. First of all, I want to say, I don't know why I never put it together, but after seeing the dark side of the ring about Chris Kenyon, now I can't help but see it or just think about it. The fact that Brian Cage, who we now know from Dark Side of the Ring, was friends with Chris Kenyon, his whole, you know, saying that he says is who better than Brian Cage, which obviously he took from his longtime friend Chris Canyon just makes me like the dude even more. I think it's really cool that pays homage to him in that way. I just ordered my Chris Canyon shirt off ProWrestlingTees.com. You know what else you can get on ProWrestlingTees.com? If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com <laughs> backslash the PW fan, you can get your T-shirt now. That's ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW fan. And I think we've been thinking about some ideas for shirts to come later on, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. All right, anyway, sorry, I had to do an old-school DX plug when they used to plug their old their own merch all the time. <laughs> yeah. So for this match, um, one, I'm hoping it's the end of their feud. Felt like they've been back and forth enough. Again, like with the Edge and uh, Seth Rollins match, you end, up, you end the feud with like something big like a Hell in a Cell or... I don't know. I don't know where they could go after the Philly Street fight, but and it's for the FTW title in Philly. Like that seems like a good end to their whole feud. But you know we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, Ricky Starks though did get busted open during this match, I believe from from a chair shot. I mean there was, I mean there there was lots of weapons used. You know, lots of just being on each other and. I'm pretty sure it was a chair shot that busted him open, but I like the match. I'm, I mean, I'm not usually not a big fan of these kind of matches when they go overboard with the violence, but uh, it it made and it it made sense when it's in Philly and you're doing something like that. So that's really all I wanted to say about it. What you guys think about it or their feud in general? I like the match. I'm. So glad the feud is done because is it though? I hope it is. I, oh, yeah, I mean, I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say that because maybe there's another video package that pops up on Rampage or Dynamite. But that it, it felt like it was like months and they didn't do anything. They were just doing those promos where they're like talking back and forth to each other, but they weren't exactly in the same room or promo, but somehow they were responding to each other. Which I kind of liked how they AEW did that, but that. Uh, the match itself I liked. It's kind of what they wanted in Philly. The crowd wanted. And uh, and also it was kind of cool after the show. Because it's kind of like after the match and everything. That they honored ECW. And they brought out kind of like the legends. And Tony Khan did that whole speech. It was kind of nice. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm glad they did it because of those reasons. Yeah. I, I You know. Based off past episodes. I'm sure some listeners could say. And probably guess that. You know, this wasn't going to be my favorite match, but I actually liked it for the most part. I really thought that uh, Brian Cage was going to go over, actually. So I was surprised that uh, Ricky Starks won, but it was a, a a grueling match, like as far as like from a physicality standpoint. Did you guys 
anybody see what happened? Did Ricky Starks hit his head on the chair in the turnbuckle and get open the hard way? Because something it it was coming from a spot unless he cut into his hairline. The the blood looked like it was coming from a spot up on near more near the top of his head. Uh, from what I saw, I'm trying to think, but I just I can't honestly just can't remember right now. I mean, not that it matters. It's just yeah. I just man, that's a that had to hurt. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I thought it was the hard way too. I will say, Brian Cage for a big guy, man, that dude can move. Oh, he can move, man. <laughs> God, yeah, he's a big and boy. Ricky Starks is really good too. That's that's one of these younger younger guys I would like to see with CM Punk in the ring. I was happy that they got to main event the show. I thought it was weird. I was like, okay, if you're a again with the casual fan stuff, but if you're flipping through the channels and you're like, this is their main event of the show, you're like. Who are these guys? And that I don't mean that as like a disrespectful thing. I'm just talking about to the guy who only knows, you know, John Cena and maybe CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, yeah. you know. But um, but I was happy for them that they got to close out the show, and I thought it was cool. What'd you guys think about Hook's run in? Send Hook. I just laugh because all I can think about now is the send Hook stuff. So well, now they I, say it. Now they say yeah, it. I know. Yeah, it's become a thing, especially when Taz is on commentary. Yeah, I was going to say, I love Rampage now because Excalibur and Taz, and they just joke the entire time. I love Taz. <laughs> He's all, a great like, inside commentator. Jokes so moving on, we had a, a Monday Night Raw, which also, just like SmackDown, had the beginning matches for the King of the Ring tournament as well as the Queen's Crown tournament. For the first round match for the King of the Ring tournament, we had Xavier Woods versus Ricochet. The winner was Xavier Woods. Man, I feel like he's uh, he's underrated. Xavier Woods is is awesome, and I remember I remember uh, this was a little while ago, but I think it was more towards the beginning of AJ's first you know run with WWE. A little after he got there, they had a really really good match on SmackDown. Um, Xavier Woods can go, man. It's just with all the New Day stuff, like it kind of gets people just forget. Well, he was always the partner when it was the three of them that wasn't in the match. He was the one on the outside all the time, but he's he's really good. Um, the, the other King of the Ring tournament match from Monday Night Raw, though, was Kofi Kingston versus Jinder Mahal. Winner of that was Jinder. So it looks like next week on Raw we'll have Jinder versus Xavier Woods going at it to see who faces the winner of Finn Balor and Sami Zayn. Why did you have to mention gender? You know, you know who who loves gen, gender Mahal right now. Yeah, Tim. Tim does love gender. He. I don't know why. Gender is king. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so He's, for the Queen's Crown tournament first round matches, we had Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke. Winner was Shayna Baszler, and it seems like she's finally getting her push. On the on the main roster, she's she's playing that you know monster right now of like snapping people's arms after matches, and I think this is the third time she's beaten someone up right after the match. I believe she beat up Dana Brooke afterwards, so she should have been always like that. Look, she's she's my pick for the tournament. I'm I'm going I'm going early on it. I think she wins the whole uh, Queen's Crown tournament. We'll have to wait and see, but. And finally, for the for the last Queen's Crown tournament match on the show, we had Dewdrop versus Natalia. Our winner was Dewdrop. So next week we'll have Shayna Baszler versus Dewdrop. Winner of that will wrestle the winner of Carmella and Zelina Vega at Crown Jewel to be crowned uh, the winner of the Queen's Crown tournament. Well, now that you say that, now I think that Dewdrop's gonna win. Because the other side is Carmella. We're all we all things gonna go through. Dude, I can't call her Dewdrop. She's Piper Niven. I just that's just on NXT UK for the longest time. She was Piper Niven, and then she gets paired <laughs> with Ava Marie, and now she's I don't even know what is a Dewdrop. Is that a real name? I just I don't know who came up with it. They. She but I need to talk it one to time, you. But I missed it. But yeah. Vince was like, "You're gonna be Dewdrop." <laughs> <laughs> It's good shit, man. It's good shit. That's a pretty good laugh, actually. Thank you. I was been working on it. <laughs> All right, guys. You uh, you want to go into NXT 2.0 this week? Yeah. 
Why not? I just actually, it. I actually have a different opinion this week about it. Yeah. And well, hang on. Well, was I right or well, was I right? No. Oh wait, about well the opening match. The opening match, yeah. So the opening yeah, match was yeah. uh, jo- was Joey Gacy versus Tommaso Ciampa, they and tore, tore the house down. If if Gacy won, he was going to be added to the match at Halloween Havoc with Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker. Now the match was very good. This is what I realized throughout watching this entire show. It's not the wrestling I have an issue with. Because the wrestling, all the matches is are actually very good. A lot better than I thought they were. Especially with, not, you know, not extremely good, but better than I thought they were. Especially with new faces. You know, yeah. I mean, you gotta give props to Ciampa, who probably made Joey Gacy look really good. But, uh, like, there were some talents on the show that I liked. I liked, I don't like his gimmick, but Grayson Waller... Who plays this like boxer guy? But I thought I thought uh, he he looked really good against uh, Duke Hudson. But it's, it's, again, it's not the wrestling that's the issue. I mean, it's not the wrestling that's the issue for me. It's just the other stuff. I think there was a segment with Andre Chase University, and he drops an f bomb, which you never see on WWE TV. But they bleeped it out. But even before, they would never do something like that. Then you have this talk show with. Lashing out with Lash, Le- Lash Legend that I could do without, and uh, yeah, I just yeah, it's all the backstage stuff, really. Yeah, or promos. Oh, I do want to talk about. There's a mysterious superstar debuting soon. I'm pretty sure, based off, even though it's a distorted voice, it sounds like Dakota Kai is changing gimmicks. But that's who I'm going with. Is uh, she's going to come back as their new gimmick? At Halloween Havoc, the Champa match to me, I I felt like definitely was Champa style match. Like it was him calling it in the ring or oh whatever yeah, they for sure. Planned out before that was like him, because that was I actually really enjoyed it and actually reminded me of kind of like his old matches before they did the brand switch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's because like now they're doing so much more like uh, like two stuff like Vince McMahon or you know Bruce Pritchard things. But now, like, the arena is bothering me and, like, the lights and the colors. No, now know, it's getting, getting to. old to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's because, like, the rest of the show now, but now I'm, like, looking at it, I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of bothering me how bright it is now inside. Yeah, I mean, um, also with matches, I, I like the Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Santos Escobar, but those both of those guys have been there a while, you know? And yeah. both of those guys can put on match- good matches with, you know, Kind of anyone, I feel like at this point. Now we all know it is interesting. Sorry, um, I was I was just gonna say. Now we all know that uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and the rest of Hit Row are are going up to SmackDown, and this was kind of his his, uh, I guess go home match. Yeah, um, it, I was gonna say it was interesting because of all the new people they brought in or like debuted in NXT now. It's like when someone's when the, one of their music hits, there's no reaction right now because no one knows who they are. Yeah, so I like, mean, I'm at home. I'm just like weird. Like I guess, you know. Yeah, you're like, who's this? Like, and then they show the name. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe next time. Uh, I did want to mention though the the main event, like we had just said, was Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Santos Escobar for the North American Championship. Scott uh, retained, but then Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams come out. Carmelo Hayes uh, finally cashes in his his contract that he won from the breakout tournament and is now crowned the new North American champion, which had to happen because Scott's going up to the main roster. But I don't know if you guys ever saw this match. It was an opening match, I believe, uh, a couple months ago. It was Carmelo Hayes versus Adam Cole. It was really, really good. Uh, I think Carmelo Hayes is, is going to be a star in XT, and he's one of the few newer guys that I, I really like, and that's because, and I said before, they slowly introduced him to you, you know, before this change. They introduced him through things like the breakout tournament and, you know, fighting with Adam Cole one time on TV. He wasn't just shoved in your face, so I've gotten used to him by now to where I see what he's about and... I see how talented it is, but congratulations to him. 
congratulations to uh, Swerve to moving up to the main roster. Do you want to talk about the vibe of the show or what you were thinking before? Yeah, Andy, the the vibe of the show overall has been pretty interesting with some of the... Again, I'm not offended by any of the cursing and stuff. It's just weird that some of this stuff has just happened out of nowhere and now... And again, we said last week on the show, who is this for? Because if what I'm reading, the demographic for NXT two weeks ago was in the 62, 65. Yeah, that was the average. That was the average age. It was 62 years old. Yeah, they love this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that's (laughs) reality shows. Unless they're trying to be hip and they think that this is, you know, what it's supposed to be. I don't understand. Which is weird because if Vince is coming up with this stuff and he's seventy something, so (laughs) (laughs) yes. It's kind of interesting, but uh, no, I I just don't know who some of this stuff is for. But overall, the matches are still like I'm still entertained by the by the matches. Uh, I like Braun Breaker. You know, I think we've talked about how we're not super crazy about the look overall of the show, but it's just a shame because I want to keep watching it because I loved what NXT was and the old NXT, and I feel there's this part of me that doesn't want to just give up on it and stop watching it, but at the same time, it's really not the same show anymore. I was I was thinking when I was watching this, I was like, where, where's Johnny Gargano been? He hasn't done anything except for, like, be in the right. background of this, uh, the whole marriage with Index going on. I haven't seen him, his wife. I don't know what's going on with them. They were one of... Their whole gimmick and the way stuff would fit right into this NXT 2.0 stuff, but I I don't really know what they're doing. Last time yeah, I think you weird. saw him, he was on the honeymoon with them, hiding in the closet, and <laughs> and Dexter Loomis is giving him the thumbs up. So um, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, what, what did you guys? It think feels about forced. The commentary on it, like the commentary team itself. I mean, that hasn't changed, has it? I mean, it's still Beth Phoenix and uh, Wade, Barrett Wade Barrett and Josh the Phillips. Name. The name sounds sounds right, but I, I completely forget. I just know it's a guy that isn't a, you know, ex-wrestler or anything like that. I forget his name. I mean, I don't mind it. I, I feel like they are playing to, you know, what they need to play to. I don't even know if they enjoy it, really, but... Uh, well, any, I mean, I I don't think if anybody's disliking it, I'm sure they're not saying anything, you know. Yeah, especially if Vince and who, who was it, Bruce Pitchard, who's doing it now. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to say anything then. So I mean, I'm still I'm still going to keep watching. Um, you know, some they might surprise me with some of these matches again. We'll just have to have to wait and see. They still have some really good guys on the roster, like Roderick Strong and. Pete Dunn, Kyler Riley is, I think, just going to end up in a tag team with Von Wagner. Do you think they look at Adam Cole and Bobby Fish over in AEW like pretty jealous it's of like, them? The grass isn't always green on the other side. I think not. <laughs> I think it definitely is green on the other side. <laughs> well, I mean, I really like Kyle O'Reilly. So again, I think the Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly thing is what I was talking about last week um, where you have the crop of the original NXT guys and then these newer guys. And it's just like the new guys are very eighties character driven WWF. And then the old NXT guys are kind of like, they're just themselves. Indie. Yeah. Like the indie stars from like, you know, or that's what NXT was. It was like the, the indie stars from the 2010s. But now bigger and, you know, more lights and all, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it's just, it, it's a weird pairing, the two of them. Especially when Ciampa was in the match, and it just feels weird with him, and especially, uh, was it Darcy, right? Joey Gacy. Gacy, that's what it is, yeah. I always think of the serial killer every time I see his name, just because of the last name, but I can't, I can't help <laughs> yeah, it. It bothers right. me every time. Um, he's he's making NF he's making NXT safe, okay? 
Dude, I feel like it's all ruse, and he's just going to flip on the audience one day and be like, screw all y'all, you know, like, See, you his... really want you really want safe spaces? Like, I feel like that's just, he's going to turn. I don't know. I don't know, he touched that guy's face and calmed him down, Harland, so. <laughs> he has powers. You know what, yeah, he you has know what powers I hate about now. those gimmicks is because that's Vince's idea, like, he sees something, like, you know, in the real world. Like the it's like, um, we need them to be woke. Yeah, yeah. So he sees like you know kids like that, and he's like, "This is who they are," and then makes it like they that. can relate to this. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm still gonna give it more time. I'm sure you guys will too, and then we'll just have to wait and see. I they was did... pretty, I was pretty sour on the first few episodes, but I'm like, I'm trying not to beat up on it because again, we've said that we don't want to do that. So I'm trying my best. To just see what, where this is, any of this is going. I did want to just wrap up the NXT segment of this show with they they announced a, a few three matches for the upcoming Halloween Havoc pay per view, and we don't we don't have to do predictions or anything like that. But they uh, for the t- women's tag team championships, it's going to be Io Shirai and Zoe Stark versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. And versus J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan from Toxic Attraction. Raquel Gonzalez is going to face Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship in a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal match, which I believe they did last year with Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano, if I'm not mistaken. And then our main event will most likely be Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. All right. Well, before we move on, so I think I briefly touched on the beginning of the show that we don't have a Dynamite to review. Uh, We record the show on Thursday and it drops on Friday. So last night, being Wednesday, there was no Dynamite. Uh, That Dynamite is supposed to be Saturday. So instead... Uh, over the weekend, I believe, uh, GCW had a big show, and Moxley faced uh, Nick Gage in a death match for the uh, GCW championship, and uh, it was pretty brutal, man. I'm not a big death match guy, but just seeing the way that Moxley took some of those bumps into the glass and then... I think he wanted his glass... He wanted his back to get more color at some point, so then I saw... He was, it almost looked like he was purposely rubbing his back into the glass to make it bleed more. Cause like he was laying, yeah, it's like he was rolling. Yeah, he was laying on top of it. it. And then I saw he was like trying to dig it in more. Ugh. He did like snow angels in glass. Are you was, talking about Moxley's back? Yeah. Is that was, why he yeah. looked? I saw the picture after. I mean, I did. You oh, two watched yeah. the match. I did not. I, I mean, I watched the whole match. Not that I don't think I wanted to anyway, but, uh, yeah, I saw the picture of his back afterwards. I also saw that Renee had tweeted, like, just, I absolutely said, I, hate this. I absolutely hate this. It was brutal. Jeremy, What do you, anything stand out from what you saw of it? That yeah, just, any specific spots that you guys uh, remember from it? Well, I mean, I remember watching it. I was, like, waiting to see how long either Moxley or Gage starts bleeding. It was Moxley, like, was it, like? A minute in or two minutes in, he went through some glass. Yeah. Or light tubes. That's what it was. They started off light they tubes. They opened the match that... by Nick Nick Gage just threw a pile <laughs> yeah. of light tubes into Moxley's head. That was the opening spot of the match. Oh, so you're telling me it was nothing like Nick Gage versus Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. But the, those light tubes are the ones that always scare me the most because that's the thing that most people get cut on the wrong way or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what and punctured... That's, uh, David Arquette's David Arquette. net, yeah. neck was a light tube when it it broke around his neck from Nick Gage, and that and and, and that and you hear him talk about yeah, it. and that that smoke that powder that comes out of those lights you're not supposed to inhale that that's that's you're supposed to dis, you're supposed to dispose of those yeah and they and they have these things way. bundled together like <laughs> and the in in those type of uh, promotions, it's like the crowd's like right there. Like there's no ring, uh, you know, apron or post around the yeah. outside of it, so the crowd can literally come up. I mean, obviously they don't, but and those GCW like fans they, are, yeah. Those entrances, it's like yeah. it took Nick Gage like ten minutes to get to the ring. <laughs> yeah, it it was just brutal. Look, um, I'm gonna, 
I'm not going to say that I'm going to change my tune on Deathmatch Wrestling. I'm not going to say I like Deathmatch Wrestling. But I listened to uh, Nick Nick Gage this week on Talk is Jericho. And you know what, man? He seems like a dude who's like a very like humble, grateful person. And he had a bad life and made a, you know, or a hard life and made some mistakes. And, uh, you know, he seems that he really loves Deathmatch Wrestling. Like, he has a passion for it. He doesn't want it to just... You know, I might look at it or like, you know, uh, an old, a different old school wrestling fan might look at it as just garbage and junk. But the way he talked about it, he he sees some of the violent matches and he doesn't like them. He says, oh, that stuff's just garbage. So then in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, then you must think that you do it in a way that's different, which it's again, it's not my type of wrestling. So I don't really have a lot of knowledge to speak on it, but he just seems like he really does have a passion for it. It doesn't seem like he's a bad guy at all. And because of that, um, you know, I wanted to watch the match with him and Mox and, you know, for what it was, it was, it was good. It was super violent and I'm not going to become like a deathmatch GCW guy for, by any means, but, uh, I wanted to see this one because everybody was talking about it. Uh, you know, I'm kind of. I was surprised that Mox went over, right? So Mox yeah. is the new uh, GCW champion. Well, he won it from he, was. he won it from uh, Matt Cardona. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I thought he was going to drop it because that's usually like you know he wins it from uh, Cardona and then and just you know, Nick Gage gets the best. So just thing. in case any GCW fans are listening, Matt Cardona is the Deathmatch King. Oh God! You're <laughs> <laughs> set some people up. So this, this this feud, I mean, I know they've, you know, gone at it uh, years and years ago, but this feud, didn't this start again from him coming to an outdoor show and in, invading, and then he uh, paradigm shift Nick Gage in the middle of the ring at, like, some outdoor show after Nick Gage had a match? I believe it was a couple of months ago. He yeah, walked it was out. some other match, yeah. Yeah, yeah and and I think that's when this started kind of back up times. again. But they showed uh, footage of Moxley and Gage back when they first had their first, I think it was their first death match together. And Nick Gage putting that pizza cutter in Moxley's mouth and kind of just like ripping. And Moxley was like, did he just cut out my tongue? And then he realized it didn't. And then he, then it was like, Moxley's like, I got so into it then. I think that was in the dark side of the ring about that part. I think because Mox was in it. Mox was was in it. I think Mox, yeah, talks about it. Well, he was saying Mox, uh, Nick Nick Gage was talking about in Jericho's podcast that uh, about the David Arquette incident, and he was saying he's you know, and I don't know why I can't like not talk about Nick Gage without doing like his like the way he talks, but he's like, <laughs> man, he's like, man, he just had to listen to me, man. He got he got nervous and he freaked out. He's like, you gotta stay still, yeah. man. He's like, you gotta stay still when you're in there with me. So yeah, he was flailing around. If you watch the footage, like and look, I look, dude, I don't think that. Look, I am not gonna. I know Nick Nick Age is like I'm real. Everything I do is real. I don't think he's really stabbing the light tube in the dude's head or cutting off anybody's tongue. I'm sure that pizza cutter is dull or for the dollar store or whatever. But still, like it's the idea that he can get so into it where you're like, holy shit, he's gonna cut off this guy's tongue, (laughs) and like people buy into it, you know. He seems like a guy that really uh, has a respect for death matches, but m- more notably is that he really loves his fan base, and he has yeah. a very, very loyal fan base. If you've seen the Matt Cardona stuff yeah, after their hey. match, hey, MDK all fucking day, true to the crew, and not to mention that Mick Foley was there. Yeah, that's right. He was in the he in the beginning of the match. Yeah, and then he did a commentary as yeah. well. That's uh, Nick Gage's like hero, basically, to him. So he went in when he was in the ring with him. He like you know shook his hand, basically, kind of did a little bow to him. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was gnarly. All right, guys, you want to finish up the show with talking about this most recent Dark Side of the Ring episode? Yeah, let's cover it a little bit. I mean. I didn't really know much about... uh, I never heard of him. I mean, yeah. So, Dark Side of the Ring this week, um, or I guess it was last Thursday, because tonight's Thursday, was about Johnny Canine, uh, also known as uh, Bruiser Bedlam in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. 
Johnny K-9 was a uh, job guy in the 80s. And then um, kind of when he stopped doing jobs in the WWF, he kind of reemerged and he was super jacked up, huge. I mean, I don't. I was gonna say steroids, and but I, I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming here, uh, but huge, super jacked up, uh, looked totally different. Had like a Fu Manchu, like changed his whole whole look, where he just was terrifying looking. And uh, he he meets Jim Cornette, and Jim Cornette's like, oh my gosh, look at this guy. I could do something with this guy in Smoky Mountain. Makes and he him, does. He does he make, make him a does. star. Makes him a makes star. Makes him a star. Makes him the main heel of his company. He beats Macho Man clean in the ring at one point. Macho Man apparently said, this is your guy, right? Well, I think he should beat me. So he does. And then after all that, um, you know, I guess Cornette didn't have, like, anything for him at the time, so they went their separate ways. No hard feelings. Well, this guy, man, he just kind of got into this life of crime and he liked motorcycles and he his uh i believe his his brother was in a uh in a biker gang and then he joined his own mc and became a leader of a chapter and started getting in some involved in to some really not good stuff which some real like crazy biker gang shit yeah (laughs) like and i'm talking murder everything uh allegedly Bombing a police station was another. bombing a police station by accident. It was actually supposed to be, be. A, a strip club. But yeah. <laughs> somehow that got that got <laughs> misinterpreted. Accident. Yeah, they they put it at the wrong place, and and uh, yeah, I mean apparently apparently there was this sweet older couple. The the old the gentleman was a lawyer, and they were murdered in their house, and that somehow was connected to the biker gang. And they're saying that he might he allegedly could have been there or even been the one to do it uh yeah it just was it was a crazy episode of dark side of the ring um what i got out of it was that this dude was in you know biker gang doing you know crazy shit but everyone in the wrestling business knew a completely different side of this guy they thought he was like this they thought he was terrifying looking but like when they would see him he was like a teddy bear a big teddy bear yeah like you have lance storm in the in the uh, documentary episode talking about it who was with him at smoky mountain as well as chris jericho who was with him at smoky mountain forget the guy's name but he is Someone involved in Impact Wrestling nowadays. He was also a jobber. Scott Demore. Uh, I mean that, and that was like one of his good friends. Yeah, you have all these guys talking about how like nice and sweet he was, and then but there yeah, was this whole other side. He of might, uh, he might have. I have to keep saying that he might have killed people, which yes. the the police in the documentary were like a hundred percent convinced that they said he was involved with homicide at some point. So, but but all the wrestling people were like, I just can't see it, you know. And it well, makes you wonder, though. Yeah, but it, I thought it was a really good episode. I, I like episodes like that, especially when I don't haven't don't haven't really heard of the the person before. One of my favorite, it kind of you know, there's been two episodes this season that really blew me away. I got really attached to the Chris Canyon episode, uh, which I wasn't expecting enough to, like I said, joked around earlier. I even got a. Uh, t-shirt for him and i've never owned a piece of canyon merch so that's pretty cool and then the other one that i hit me in a different way but i just found more fascinating and like almost like oh my goodness was this johnny canine one just because you like you said i didn't know anything about him and anytime you got cornet in there telling stories it's entertaining and there's footage of this johnny canine guy hanging out like at a cookout outside with corny and, like, all these Smoky Mountain guys, and they're just drinking beers and laughing and hanging out. And, like, meanwhile, you're like, man, this guy, like, he, like, might have killed people. Like, and that's, like, really crazy stuff. Well, next week's episode is about Luna. Is it pronounced Vacon? Luna Vachon. Vachon. Yeah, that's uh, Mad Dog Vachon, uh, his daughter. And she was, I believe she was with Bam Bam Bigelow at some point. Well, I mean, one of the pictures I've always seen is her with Shawn Michaels in the ring. Um well, he's intercontinental champion, but I've, I've, I've. Are you sure you're not confusing her with Sherry? No, I promise you. If you were to look her up right now, one of the first things would. I would have to go back and. Yeah, uh, but um, 
I just I I, I never even knew her name because I, I wasn't really involved in that era of wrestling as a kid. But uh, I've seen so many pictures with her. She's the one that has like it's like veins painted on. Yeah, like the light vein lightning bolt. Type yeah, thing. yeah, and so. Um, and then one day you just stop seeing stuff about her. So that's another person like this episode that I don't really know much about. And from the trailer I saw, it looks like it's going to be an intense episode. So I'm excited for that too. Yeah, dark side of the. So uh, that is, I guess that would technically make this episode tonight, right? This little yeah. Vashon episode. Yep. Yeah. So after we're done recording, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home and watch that. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode eight. Um, when we first started this podcast, we had a goal to get past seven episodes because apparently in podcasting, when you're starting off, seven episodes is uh, kind of a measuring stick of of uh, whether you'll stick with it or whether not, you're going to stick with it or not. And uh, we had a goal and we did. And uh, I, I just wanted to thank you guys for all the hard work that you put into the show. And um, thank you for the people out there that have been listening since episode one. And I feel like we've come a long way since episode one. Um, guys, please follow us on Instagram at the PW Fan. Follow us on Twitter at the PW Fan. Follow uh, Andy's Funko Pop collection on Instagram. At guys, I need more likes. I need more followers. <laughs> <laughs> at the 410 Fan Bros. And guys, like I said, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan. Get yourself the PW fan shirt and stay true to our crew guys. Thank you so much for listening and join us next week where we talk all things wrestling. Bye-bye everybody.